the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Today, In this half hour, we're going to be interviewing uh, Musia Gysinski, who is the co-director of Franklin Chabad. They've opened up a really cool organization. They're calling it the Franklin Jewish Art Studio right on Franklin Road in downtown Franklin. Um, less than a half a block away from Franklin Cider. And we're going to be doing Franklin Cider stuff next month. They're, they're coming up. They're our seasonal sponsor. In the second half of the show, we will be talking about the portion of Re'e, which is uh, in Deuteronomy book chapter 11 and following, which this is the turning point in the book of Deuteronomy because the first parts of the Deuter- of Deuteronomy are Moshe's, Moses's rebuke to the Jewish people. And in the middle, he sort of just like starts listing mitzvahs. So we're going to talk about some of the mitzvahs. We've got wonderful music scattered throughout the show, a dynamic Hasidic story all the way at the end. Before we do anything else, Let's go right to the news. Opening up with some scary stuff. Indian intelligence services arrested two Pakistanis who were planning a terrorist attack against Israelis at the Chabad house in Mumbai. You may recall that 14 years ago, the Chabad house was attacked and five people were killed in the massacre there. 
The two were in posi- the two people who were arrested were in possession of explosives, a drone, and Google images of the Chabad house. One terrorist was killed in an IDF raid of Tulkarm in central Israel. The Arab threw a grenade at Israeli forces. Not a good idea to do to throw a grenade at someone with big rifles. Palestinian gunmen shot and wounded five people at a restaurant in Mila Adumim. An off-duty policeman shot and killed the attacker. 33 wanted terrorists were arrested in raids in the West Bank by IDF forces. In other news, mosquitoes infected with West Nile virus that's still around were discovered in southern Israel. No human cases of the disease have yet to be reported. In some business news, Amazon is investing $7.2 billion in a tech center for storing data in Tel Aviv. Israel and Moldova began talks aimed at establishing a free trade agreement between the two countries. I wonder what Moldova makes. I don't know anything about the country. Israel signed agreements of cooperation with Zambia in the fields of medicine, communications, and agriculture. Israel's been really pushing into Africa, a wide open continent. And finally, here's some news. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced that Israel is spending $2 billion to build a high-speed rail that would connect Kiryat Shmona way up in the north with a lot on the Red Sea in the south. The 250-mile trip would take less than two hours. And that's the news. Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschelfman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. We're online with Mrs. Mussi Geisinski. She's the co-director of Chabad of Franklin, Michigan. They just opened up a new project called the Franklin Jewish Art Studio, and that's what we're going to be talking about. How are you today, Mrs. Geisinski? Good, thank God. Good to hear. Thank you so much for taking up some of your busy time and telling us about your new project. Okay, so... What is this new thing that you're involved with? What are you doing? Okay, so the Franklin Judaic Art Studio is a place where people can stop by and create any type of Judaic items or Judaic crafts or art. Um, we are on Franklin Road, and we are open every day, 12 to 4, and uh, it's nice and fun. Uh-huh. So what was the impetus behind opening up the Franklin Judaic Art Studio? Yes, so I'm the co-director at Chabad of Ingham Farm. Uh, My husband is the rabbi, and we're both passionate about Judaism done with love and with joy. 
So um, during the year, one of the things that we do is, uh, I mean, in addition to the classes and the dinner, Shabbat dinners, holiday dinners, um, we have a women's evening where we get together and we create some kind of Jewish theme art or crafts. And I've seen how much people enjoy it. And I see um, that not only they enjoy as we do it and that it builds new connections and that it makes people you know, connect to each other and uh, enjoy spending time together, but it also brings something Jewish in the home that they really enjoy and uh, leaves an impact. So I decided that during the summer, um, it would be a good idea to to have a studio so that people can just stop whenever it works for them, whenever they're in town, um, and create something Jewish, either you know just them or them and their friends. Uh, sometimes people, you know, grandmothers with their grandchildren or anyone. It's for all ages and yeah. Okay, we got that. Okay, so I'm not very artistic my wife is very very artistic and she's this is one of her her uh points about trying to get me to be more artistic so i'm i'm what's in it for why should i come i'm not you know when i hear the word art i just like want to run the other way uh-huh. yeah i hear you <laughs> so many people are not artistic but i believe that you don't need to be an artist to enjoy creating something we also have crafts which are more guided and step by step and um people enjoy just getting out doing something even people who don't know how to do it by themselves when they're guided they end up enjoying it sometimes and just connecting them with other people okay so when you say like um judaic is this like projects am i going to walk up with like a thing like a kiddish cup or a menorah or or something like that so yes we have a menu of all the different items that can be created at the studio so um one of the things is a, 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 um, a case made out of resin or a wine bottle opener that has like a little chaim in it or a mazel tub or um, a challah cover a challah board or just something nice with a jewish thing to put on the floor, like a high or a challah cover like these are like the different things that can be created at the studio. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so you mentioned like if somebody wants to come with their bubby, their bubby's in town or they're visiting their bubby, for example. Um, it sounds like something somebody might want to do for like a bat mitzvah or something. Yeah, sure. People have come here also to host parties. We had birthdays here. Um, so people let me know in advance and then they choose a craft and they just, you know, they, they come together and they enjoy and the yeah, this is one of the things that we do at the studio. Okay, so you you said at the onset that this was like a summer project. Yeah, so as of now, um it's for the summer, but I'm really enjoying it. We're really enjoying it and we're thinking maybe of continuing during the year. Um we'd have to see. Like now we're up in every day, 12 to 4, people can just come and walk in. If it's something that we'd be able to do during the year, maybe it will be just one day walk-ins and then the rest of the day by appointment. Uh, we have to think how we want to continue it, but probably in some kind of a way or some kind of a, uh, you know, and somehow we're going to continue it during the year. Uh-huh. 12 to 4 is very confining, very constricting. I know you have other projects and other things that you have to do, and you have a life in Baruch Hashem, you have a family. But um, 
most people work during the day. Are you maybe planning evening hours or just like maybe a pop-up evening yes, hour? Yes, like... we actually also have evening hours. Um, we are open also um, Mondays and Wednesdays, 7 to 9. And then by reservation, if someone wants to do something on a Tuesday evening, well, they can call us. And if it works, then we can make sure that someone is at the studio to welcome them. Okay. So so how does it work? I have, uh, let's say, a couple of grandkids visiting. And, uh, of course, they're jumping on my head. They want to do something. So what do I mm-hmm. do to keep them, uh, to get them involved with this? And uh, Musi Gaisinski. Yeah. So either you can just walk in when we're up in. So Sunday through Friday, anytime 12 to 4, and in the evenings, Mondays and Wednesdays, 7 to 9. Um, or you can book an appointment by judaicartstudio.org. And, um, yeah, there is a form, and you can say if you know already which craft you want to do, how many people you'll be. You can see the menu with all the prices and um, so that we can know and expect you. So while walk-ins are welcome, are welcome, it is easier for us to know in advance, if people know in advance that they'll be coming, um, otherwise walk-ins work also. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, what's the price range of things and also the age range? I mean, can a three-year-old come? Can an 85-year-old come? Yes. So price range, we have crafts from $10 up to $40. So 10 is something more simple, like a challah cover, which is decorated with um, fabric markers. And then for $40, which is um, the most expensive item that we have, we have a beautiful challah board, which is decorated with alcohol ink. Um, and um, sorry, what was your other? Oh, the age range. Age range. So, yeah. Any age, from yeah, three to ninety-nine, or <laughs> and we have different crafts. And then when people come, we guide them about like what would be suitable to their age group. Okay, so tell us about we have we have some time. So tell us about Chabad of Franklin. What are your goals? How did you start? What are your goals? What do you do besides a uh, an art room? Yeah, so um, Chabad of Ingham Farms. We are located 14, 14 in Telegraph, and uh, we have classes about you know any kind of topic of topic in Torah. Um, which is, we also visit people who are in jail before the holidays. We have Shabbat dinners, holiday dinners. Um, we also have Love and Canadal, which is where women get together to bake challah for people who are in need. Uh, we have also birthday program really we do anything which is about judaism with joy and love so from classes to getting together and having fun together anything and judaism with joy and love okay that's wonderful that's actually amazing judaism with joy and love what a great motto and uh okay so again somebody wants to get in touch with you how do they go about doing that so either they can call us or they can just go on our website and there is like a section over there, contact us, or they can find us on Facebook, Chabad of Income Farms, or Instagram, or, you know, okay. anything. Give us the website, please, Mosey Yes, Chabad of Farms.com. 
Okay, Chabad, it's all one word. Chabad of Bingham Yes, sorry, Chabad Bingham Farms, not Chabad Bingham Farms.com. Bingham Farms.com. If you put in farms, you have to, because you put in Chabad of Bingham, you get someplace in New York. Baruch Hashem, Chabad is all over the place. And, uh, so, and if you, okay, so, okay, yeah. so that's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and enlightening us again, just to, to recap. So the uh, Mosi Gaisinski is our guest today. We're talking about the Franklin Judaic Art studio. Oh, where is it located? We didn't ask. We didn't answer that. It's, I know it's on. It's on yeah, it's Franklin. in Franklin on Franklin Road, three two seven five one Franklin Road. Okay, and that's just south of Fourteen Mile Road. Yeah, we're really like center of downtown Franklin. Right in the middle of downtown Franklin. That's a wonderful thing. I'm I'm really glad to do that. You're doing this. Yeah, I was excited to to bring this in Franklin. I thought that it was going that the concept of art was going well with the downtown Franklin. And we live right near, nearby Franklin, um, in Bloomfield Hills, like um, Telegraph and 14. And I just felt that Franklin was the right place for it. That's great. That is awesome. Okay, we wish you continued uh, Hatzlacha, continued success. And we hope you keep us apprised of any wonderful programs that you come up with in the future. Yeah. Thank you, Rabbi Finman. And um, thank you for giving us a chance to let people know about our studio for your radio. And uh, have a wonderful Shabbat. Thank you so much. That's going to do it. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Herschel Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. It's music time. Up for your listening pleasure, we have in queue. This is brand new. When you go to it on the web, it still says posted hours ago. But I guess maybe if you're listening to this way in the future, I mean, listen, this is archived forever. So if this is if this is 2027 and you're listening to this, this was not just posted hours ago. It was posted uh, <laughs> five years ago. Anyway, this is Barry Weber. The song is Bitachon, which means have faith. <laughs> Dach, 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 
epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community, and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813. That's 800-603-1813. Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. This next group is... It's a a genre of something called klezmer fusion. And it's like you take the klezmer notes and you do strange things with them. So this one, this group, is called the Kafkaesque Ambivalent Revival. Just the name is enough to like uh, get you scratching your head. However, given that, they happen to be pretty conservative as far as I can see. So they put together an album. It's called 20, music, 20 Minutes of Medieval Jewish Music. And basically, it's between, there's no liner notes, there's no nothing, and if you know the name of the tune, you know the name of the tune. If you don't, you don't. And it's uh, 10 uh, European songs and 10 North African songs is what it is. And so we're going to play one of each. And since they don't list what the tunes' names are, I can just tell you that this is the Kafkaesque Ambivalent Revival. And we're playing two songs.
you like that that was the kafka-esque ambivalent revival (laughs) playing two songs they say it's medieval but i don't think either one of them is actually medieval this next song's got a real provenance to it i have to give you a backstory behind this one uh 1984 a bunch of chabad rabbis having nothing to do on thanksgiving weekend decided that it might be a good idea if they all came to New York and got together and discussed things because it's Thanksgiving weekend, the banks were closed, they didn't have to worry about paying bills, they didn't have any, couldn't run any classes because everybody is was uh, busy with their families. So they looked at it as a great opportunity that they're going to come together. They arrived Thursday morning, they left Sunday night, and uh, they asked the permission, it was 1984, the Rebbe was still around, what the Rebbe thought about this idea of making a kinus, a convention, a rabbinic convention. The Rebbe loved the idea. And the first kinus back in 1984 had 40 rabbis. By 1987, the idea had exploded to a thousand rabbis. That was the first one that I went to because in 1984, I was just recently married and I was not eligible to go. Uh, But by 1987, I was in Australia and I flew in for it and participated in it. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger such that by 1988, the Rebbe said, it's too big. You can't, the whole idea is to forget people to get and talk together. So what he wanted is, it suggested is that there be regional conferences and conventions. And so the world was broken up into regions. So like, for example, next week, uh, there'll be the Midwest Regional Convention of Chabad rabbis, which includes rabbis from Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, Illinois, and Wisconsin. And uh, so they get together and they talk about things. And there's then it broke down. It got even bigger and bigger. And then they decided that they're going to have 
uh, conferences that have to deal more with like people involved with special things. Like there are people who are involved with campus and then there are people involved with education and people are involved with uh, young married professionals and people involved with old people. So they have people involved with jails. So they have all these conventions going on basically all the time. So this last week, there was a convention of educators in Israel. And there were 300 rabbis who showed up. And I don't know the backstory, how it happened, but they got them all singing. And somehow they all sang on key, and some of them sang like a little bit of harmony. And it was recorded really very well, such that it it went on a YouTube video and is going viral. So for your listening pleasure, this is 300 Lubavitcher Shluchim educators singing Ach Lelokim, which means only you, God. And it's taken from a verse from Psalms. Let's uh, listen, and I hope you enjoy.
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finman, you are listening to the Jewish Hour. The portion this week is the portion of Re'eh. It can be found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 11 and following. We currently are in the month of Av. And Av, of course, of course, we're in the what we refer to as the dog days of summer, which I'm not sure where that expression comes from. Like, you know, I can imagine like this dog just like lying there in the heat way back when, just like panting and just like hot. You know, that's, that's kind of what reminds me of this, this uh, that expression. I'm not even sure people even use that expression anymore. But the it, it, in Judaism, we never get we never get off. It's, it's you never get a break. Because even though we're done with Tisha B'Av, and we don't have Rosh Hashanah for another six weeks, which, okay, so Elul's coming. And that's what this part of the month is called. Av is an abbreviation for Elul Ba. Elul is coming, which means we got to start getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. So now what we're doing in these two weeks before the month of Elul is we're getting ready to get ready for Rosh Hashanah if that makes sense. In this portion, it talks about one of the main ways of getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. The mitzvah of tzedakah, which is erroneously translated as charity, is discussed in this week's portion. Why do I say erroneously? Because the word tzedakah means righteousness, and charity is not righteousness. Charity means I'm got something and you don't. And because I'm a great guy, I'm going to give it to you. That's what charity means. Tzedakah means I have something of yours. That's what it is. The Almighty gave me your money and I have to give you your money. That's the way we look at it. So it's only proper and fitting that I give you your money. And there's stories about this all over the place. Way back last Rosh Hashanah, which Rosh Hashanah is a year of the, it's the fiscal new year. It's not the new year. The new year starts before Passover. But this is actually Rosh Hashanah, if you look at the Bible, is the first day of the seventh month. So it's like uh, you have lots of organizations, corporations and whatnot, that their fiscal year ends June 30th. So that's fine. So whatever, for whatever reason they do that. So in Judaism, the fiscal year ends at the end of the sixth month. And the seventh month starts the new fiscal year. So the Almighty appropriated 
how much money you're supposed to make. It was decided on Rosh Hashanah how much money you're supposed to make. And it was also decided how much you're going to make, uh, how much you're going to spend on your mitzvahs. Of course, you're to, you have a choice if you're going to do a mitzvah or not do a mitzvah because the Almighty makes a mandate. It's like a federal mandate. If you have a federal mandate, so then the feds need to pay for it. You can't just say, we think you have to pay, do this and then you have to go pay for it. That's not fair. I don't know if the federal government does that or not, but this is not a political show. But the Almighty doesn't work like that at all. The Almighty says, I'm giving you 613 commandments, however mitzvahs that we have to do in the course of a year. And mitzvahs all cost money. And I, God, am going to give you money to pay for those mitzvahs. So one of those mitzvahs that has to be done is the giving of a way of charity, which is suggested that a person give 10% away. So that means that on Rosh Hashanah, you didn't get you're not appropriated 100% of your income. You're appropriated 110%. And that's what you have to give away to charity. So what are we supposed to do during this time is, between now and Rosh Hashanah, is we're supposed to take a look, where am I up to on my 10%? Am I current? And we're always given the big doom and gloom. When I was a, when I was a young student, it was always like, if you don't, it's not your money. Don't think it's yours. You can't keep it. It's going to get taken away from you. You're going to get a dentist bill. You're going to get a flat tire. You're going to get a this. You're going to, your money's going to get spent somehow. It doesn't belong to you. So you might as well give it to charity where it's supposed to go. The interesting thing about charity is there are limits on how little and how much you could give. Okay? Just like lots of mitzvahs have Limits. The uh, When a person lights a Shabbos candle, for example. So the Shabbos candle has to be lit 18 minutes before sunset on Friday night. And it has to last long enough for people who are eating their meal to be able to sit by the candles and uh, benefit from the light from the candles which would probably be like a little over an hour, hour and a half would be like the minimum. That's why Shabbos candles, I believe, are three hours long. Buy a box, go into the store and buy a box of Shabbos candles. Like they're all, they say, three-hour candles. Okay, And you have, like, for example, the size of a chauffeur. A chauffeur has to be bigger than the width of your hand, so it doesn't look like you're blowing into your fist. How big could it be? As long as you can find a an animal, a kosher animal with that kind of a horn, however big it is. So I've seen some three-foot-long ones. That's true. With the commandment of tzedakah, with charity, so there's a minimum. It has to be, the minimum is, it has to be worth something. If you give a guy in today's age, with the way with the market, inflation, and monetary volatility, spending power, all the other macroeconomic theory that goes around with it. If you hand somebody a penny or a nickel, it's, it's not called tzedakah. It's, it's too little. You can't, in this country today, I don't think you could buy, and never mind a penny, for sure you can't buy anything for a penny. I don't think you could buy anything for a nickel these days. Nah. Okay, 
You can't even buy five cents. In, five, you go to a pump and put in, you know, what, five cents of gasoline. It's not going to happen. I don't think so. As soon as you put the thing and turn the machine on, it's already up to a buck. You know, so I don't think there's anything in this country that's worth a nickel. So you have to give. If you're giving charity, it has to be a sum where something can be bought. I mean, you're not talking a lavish, a lavish steak dinner, but something can be bought. So, okay, a quarter is the minimum for a for, bit. Now, how much is the maximum? It's got a maximum also. The maximum is that you give this person, this organization, so much that they say, I don't need any more, thank you. Meaning you set them up on their feet, you get them going, such that they are no longer charity cases, that they don't need to be the recipients of charity. That's the maximum you could give because there's a rule. If you give charity to a rich person who doesn't need your money, that's not called charity. So in looking at ourselves now, we're the lesson personally, aside from the fact that this is something that we have to do in preparation for Rosh Hashanah, let's take a look, do our, do our accounts, see how much money we've made, taken home, and if you want to, those things which should be considered part of your income, those things that are not part of your income, you can send me a letter at rabbifinman.com and I can explain some of the ins and outs. There are uh, wonderful books that talk about what's called Meiser Kesafim, tithing, and uh, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not rocket science, it's, but it's not um, nursery rhymes either. So is it, you have to give it a little bit of thought, and there are questions that could come up. And so, uh, yeah, I, I answer. This is one of those questions that people ask me is about how, what counts, what doesn't count, what could they do, what can't they do, what about you know, donating time or donating in kind. All those things are to be taken into consideration. Yeah, you know, God's, God's pretty good when it comes to these things. He's a God's a good boss when you think about it. So, but then you got to think that my that there's this expression, uh, and I believe it's not a Jewish expression. That charity begins at home. How at home does charity begin? Charity begins between your right and left ear. Human nature is such that we're constantly saying, I didn't do good enough, or I wasted time doing this, or that was a waste of time, or I could have been doing, or, okay, fill in the blank, negative, 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 negative. One of the, one of the things that the Baal Shem Tov really pushed is at the end of the day, look back And see, what good things did you do? And everybody did something good today. From the story that we had last week, where there was a guy who couldn't even read. But he woke up, He went before he went to sleep, he said, Please, God, if you've got something in store for me to do tomorrow, give me the strength to do it, and then I'll be happy. Okay? So you woke up this morning, which means God wants you here today which means there's something good you got to do. And by the time you went to sleep, I'm sure in that 12 to 18 hours that you were, uh, that you were awake, I'm sure you did things that were good. So focus on those for a minute. Okay, uh, you did things that were, could have been done better. Fine. 
You'll do them better tomorrow. But today, right now, give yourself a break. It's it's not gonna it, it's not gonna hurt. Okay, it's not it's, it's not wrong. Actually, it's quite right. To be honest, it's called a cheshbon tzedek. It's called a righteous account. Righteousness, you're doing it, you know, you're taking the pluses too. People have a tendency to forget about those. Speaking of pluses and speaking of giving charity, so the Jewish Hour is sponsored by listeners just like yourself. We have been sponsors, sponsored by listeners just like yourself for 29 years. We have, of course, we have you know corporate sponsors, and they've been dwindling and farther and fewer, especially since we became a podcast. So, but things cost, and we need you to step up to the plate. It's the beginning of August. We do it by the the uh, the Gregorian calendar month is how we pay, not the Jewish month. And I make this promise that if we get paid, if we have enough to pay for the month, then we don't uh, we don't make an appeal. This month of July, somebody gave me a check that covered the whole thing, and so the month of July we did not make an appeal, and I told longer stories. So that's what you get. Your prize for making uh, making your my life easier is that you get a, an easier life as well. So if you're at RabbiFinman.com listening to this, wait to the podcast to end because uh, I haven't gotten together with my webmaster to make it such that you can switch between tabs and have it still play the Jewish Hour. So you got to finish listening. And then go over to the donations page. And if you're listening on Spotify or uh, Apple Radio or iHeartRadio or or uh, now I, uh, Stitcher became SiriusXM, or Odyssey, or any of the other places where you might be listening to your podcast. So while you're listening to your podcast, you can go to rabbifinman.com, and you can make a donation there. If you want to do your donation the old-fashioned way, which is getting less and less, at some point I'm going to tell people, don't don't bother writing me a check. Just zell it, or uh, PayPal it, or or Cash App, or Venmo, or whatever. So... um, (laughs) Checks at this point are becoming a, a bit of a bother. I'm still I'm still taking them. Don't worry. I'm still taking them. If you want to send a check, that's fine. So do that. Send that to the Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. Yes, we do take checks. And we will be taking checks for the foreseeable future. There is a story. There is a, a uh, an innkeeper. Uh, who lived in the city of Premyslom, which is located in central Poland. Oh, early as 1850s, I would put this story at, given that the, who the uh, the rabbi is. And uh, a large sum of money went missing. One of the workers, a 14-year-old orphan girl, who was taken in by the innkeeper, was blamed for it. And uh, he really believed, the innkeeper really believed that she took this money. And so he turned her over to the police, and the police roughed her up to get in the confession. But she didn't confess. She said, I didn't take it. But they beat her up really good, and she died. It was terrible. Two weeks later, they found the thief. So now this man felt absolutely awful, this innkeeper. He was the cause of this orphan's death. 
So he went to mayor of Premishlam, a big tzaddik, very holy man, and asked, crying, what can I do to repent? And the mayor said to him, well, you could either die, be sick for three years, or Pravin Gullis, wander the countryside for three years. And those are your choices. So he said, okay, let me think about it. So he went home and he immediately got a headache. And he was like, he was like confined to bed. The next day he was getting worse. So he said, the Rebbe must have chosen death for me. So he ran back and said, Rebbe, I'm ready to do whatever you want. Whatever you think is best. So he said, the guy, the Rebbe said to Mayor Kromoshan, said to him, you're too young to die. You've already been sick, so you have to wander for three years. So how do you wander? It says you're going to leave all of your possessions right here. You're not going to tell anybody what happened to you. You're not to come in contact with your family. You're going to walk wherever you need to go. You're not to take a lift on a, on a wagon or a horse. You're not to spend more than one night in one place. You can't spend two nights in a place. You have to spend one night in a place. At the end of two years, you can, your, he says, your business will be fine. At the end of two years, you're not allowed to go into your city, but you can stand at the, at the, the border of your city, and you can ask that your books be brought to you so that you can check the ledgers to see if the business is okay. If the business is okay, you have one more year. If the business is failing, so then you can stop the, the, the wandering. So this is what the, the man did. And uh, he was wandering. So he, after about two years, so he, he stopped at a, he was at an inn. Oh, and he said, and you're not allowed to ask anybody for food. If people feed you, that's fine but you can't ask anybody for food. So he came to an inn, and he obviously is dressed in rags at this point, and the guy offered, took pity on him and offered him some food. And he offered him, uh, the, this innkeeper offered him uh, this, this uh, supposed, supposed uh, poor person, this destitute person, he offered him a donation. And he said, I don't need your money, I'm a rich man. This is what gives. So he told him the story. So this innkeeper told this wandering innkeeper, but Mayor Premishlam passed away. So he said he didn't even hear. I mean, you know, you're talking uh, communications in central Poland in the 1850s. He hadn't heard that this rabbi had passed away. So he says, what am I supposed to do? So he said, there's a new rabbi in town. It's Rabbi Chaim of, of Tzanz. He says, you'll go to Tzanz. I thought Sanz was in Hungary, but I could be wrong. Who was, I think, a student of Mayor Premishlam. And you'll ask him what to do. And so Reb Chai, so he traveled to Chaim of Sanz. The innkeeper explained to uh, Chaim of Sanz that he'd been wandering for two years and that he'd been, you know, all the conditions. He said, tell me what did Mayor tell you to, to do? And he told him all the conditions. 
And he said, so much he made you do? That's, that's, that's well overboard. So he said, go home. And on your way home, stop off in Premishlam and go to the grave of Mayor of Premishlam and tell, stand by the grave and say, Reb Chaim of Sons says that two years is long enough. And indeed, he said, because you have been, the fact that you adhere to this for two years, to the letter of the law, it's enough. And that's what he did. And he went back home. And hopefully he lived happy ever after. That's going to do it. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope you had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. We hope to see you back again next week. Take care. When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.